welcome to Mages of the Air. I am Kate. And I'm Tracy. And this is your place for all things Tim or Pierce. We are currently reading through Wild Magic, the first of the Immortals quadru quadruplet. I don't know the proper wording for that. There's four done. books. Yeah, there's They're four good. of them. You can catch up with the mages on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Mages of the Air. We are working on a webpage, magesoftheair.com, and you can email us at magesoftheair at gmail.com. So check us out. Let us know what your thoughts are. We want to hear from you. And today, our tea of the episode is Republic of Tea, Mint, and Chocolate. This has to be one of my favorite teas. Like, this is the second time I've had it. Spoiler. And I love it. I so love the Tivana white chocolate mint that I went online and found as many other different chocolate mint decaf teas as I I've could. I've never had that. I, I thought we had that a few episodes ago. White chocolate mint? Yeah, we put honey in so. it. Maybe. And Maybe a little bit of milk. Been. Maybe I should have just tried it without the honey and milk. And then <laughs> but this is good. This is lovely. It's cozy. It's kind of like hot chocolate, but it's a tea calf herbal tea. Yeah, well, it's with it's hot chocolate without all the calories. Like right. it reminds me of. So I put I'm a I'm a heathen. I put candy canes in my hot chocolate and I use that to stir in everything mm -hmm. together. And that's exactly what it tastes like again without all the calories. I mean, if you added the milk and the the honey, it probably tastes a little more like hot chocolate. But then we're heading back into calorie zone. <laughs> Not that, not that calories matters. Don't count calories. It's not important. <laughs> I just was enjoying this with a bowl of half-baked Ben and Jerry's ice cream. So I needed something a little less sweet. All right. So what's going on today, Tracy? So today we're doing episode 10. Um, 10 episodes? What? <laughs> I know. Oh, no, not episode 10. I actually don't know what episode we're on. We're on <laughs> chapter 10. I do know that. I think we're on episode 8. Don't quote me on that. Six, eight. <laughs> Six, eight, somewhere around there. I edit the episodes, guys. This is great. Well, we started trying to do like three or four in one episode. Yeah. And that well, it started with happen. five. So that's what I think the first episode. No, you're right. We Our we plan to was four. to do five. And then we did three or four. I know. We were trying to be cool like Mike Schubert from Potterless. And he can move through those books so much faster than we can move through these. Yeah. Possibly because these have years of rereading and general affection built up behind them. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he could get through them so fast, his next read-through in Harry Potter. I know. Well, but you pick up so much more stuff every I time know. you read it. You really do. Every, for, at least for me, it's every time I read it, I pick up something new where I'm like, oh, what about this? And what about that? And I noticed the thing. I love it. Listening to Potterless, though, and every now and then they get something wrong, and I'm like, no, that's wrong. And the <laughs> guest has it wrong, too. Like, the very first guest didn't know about the book Quidditch Through the Ages, oh. and I'm sure they have been corrected because this was written, the, it was recorded, like, two years ago. But I'm listening to it, and I'm like, I have thoughts! So if you're listening to this and you have thoughts, please hit us up on social media or email. We'll try to be gracious if we're corrected. <laughs> um, we are recording... A book ahead of when we're going to publish, though, so it may be a few episodes before we're like, hey, by the way, here's this correction brought to us from this That'll friendly person. It. Yeah. Well, so and we're human. We make errors. I've already made several, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that has been graciously corrected. I still don't know if it was Callie or Anwa talking there when oh, they were on yeah. the battlements. Just reading through, it just says her and she, and the last person that talked was Anwa, but I don't know. Who did I say it was? Who was my You vote? thought it was Callie. Yeah, I said it was Callie. And then you said it was Anwa. 
We'll find out what the readers think. Tomorrow Paris help us. <laughs> Doing great. So <laughs> last time we left off, I gotta backtrack a little bit. In chapter nine, we hit Dane passes out because she just healed a dragon. She literally yeah. got magic. She was just a conduit for all the magic, and she's just kind of like, oh, that was cool, and then passes out. Mm-hmm. So in chapter 10, we start out, Dane wakes up in just like a room. And Anwa's kind of sitting there, and Dane proceeds to vomit. <laughs> and Anwa's like, so how much magic are you actually using right now? And Dane's like, a lot. <laughs> well, and this is, again, Tamara Pierce with that realistic thing, right? Like, yeah. When you push your body past what it can handle, you tend to vomit. Mm-hmm. It's like that really good workout where you're mm-hmm. like, I've worked out so hard, I've vomited. That was me anytime we ran in sixth grade. Anwa <laughs> <laughs> basically sits there and acts, 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 acts concerned for Dane's health, which is totally fair and exactly mm-hmm. what we want to see. And then Dane is sitting there struggling with the animals going, stop. No, you need to stay in your place and stop trying to challenge me on this. And let they notice the Osprey is miraculously still alive. <laughs> yes, exactly. And Kelly and Tom, Kelly, Callie and Tom walk up and they just start healing Dane because or not healing but just kind of soothing her it's described Mm -hmm. as a cool soothing magic I believe coolness entering her veins yeah it's coolness entering her veins and then this is when Dane gets lectured on how much magic she's using but we also this is a cool moment because when they talk about how much she's using like we get the perspective from Dane where she's just like eh I'm doing this and this is whatever but then like really that's a lot of power that right. is a ton of power for somebody who a had no idea what the hell she was six months ago <laughs> but I don't have magic <laughs> exactly and who's 13 yeah yeah <laughs> like 13-ish 14 maybe by now yeah I thought she had a birthday we also see that magic has physical implications again mm-hmm. that what you're doing magically is affecting you physically so she is using energy to keep her will on these animals and i guess she thinks she's just talking to them and doesn't realize that she is magically exerting her will but she's doing the magical equivalent of like holding down a bunch of small squirmy things yeah like sitting on top of a box and saying no you're not going anywhere i mean we've all done that to like younger people whether it's siblings siblings. or cousins or whatever (laughs) you just hold them down and you're like nope we're not moving so sorry so bad (laughs) this is kind of what dane is doing in a less funny way and Anwa's like, I say her name wrong every time, but she goes, you know, like, you need to let them fight. They want to fight for you. And this mm-hmm. was a very hard thing for me to kind of sit there and read. And Dane glares at her and it says, but they'll get killed. They're animals. It's not for them to get tangled in the human stupidness. And this is something I agree with so, so hard when you see animals that die because they got stuck in a fence or got hit by a car or whatever. It's they get entangled in human stupidness. And this, to be fair, when your horse got stuck in the fence, she had plenty to eat and she was just looking for more grazing. My horse is very stupid. <laughs> I love her to death. I really do. But she just looked there and she was very patient and got let out. I'm sure if we had left her alone long enough, she would have just been like, well, she's not going to come help me. So whatever. And just got herself out. Because that's how she is as a horse. There's also this goat named Brenda online. You can look this up. Brenda the goat likes to get her head stuck at the petting zoo because then people get sad and feed her extra food and then they go tell the gate attendant the gate attendant's like oh, that's brenda she can get out whenever she wants <laughs> sorry animals and gates animals are so much smarter than we give them credit for they really are i mean i see it every day but they really they really are but they do get caught up in human stuff like we've seen mm-hmm. One of the primary causes of extinction is just humans and roaching on land that these animals need to survive. Yeah. 
Or just creating obstacles that they're not used to using. Like I saw, I read an article the other day that said that like a lot of animals are turning nocturnal just so they don't have to deal with people, mm-hmm. you know? Like that was a really interesting article to me. But in a way, Unwash also points out that Dane is making the animal be helpless because they want to fight to protect her, but because she's not letting them fight, they're just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And I love how she says, it seems to me we tangle them in our stupidity all the time. At least if you tell them how to fight, they have a chance. Yeah. In my note, it says, Anwa lays down the harsh and cruel truth. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. She also points out that you should give them a choice. Mm-hmm. It is their choice to fight or not to fight. And now all these animals have probably been changed by Dane, so they're going to want to fight anyways. But at least give them a choice. Right. And again, giving them the tools to do it correctly. Like mm-hmm. Dane's animals um, back home in the raider's head, if Dane had trained them, to fight, maybe they could have killed more of the bandits. We don't know. And we know that the dogs were smart enough to take out two bandits. And then that'll kind of become a thing where Dane's like, well, if the animals are messed, like if we're messing with the animals' patterns and stuff, at least I can give them these tools to help them better survive humans in general. And doesn't Anwa point out too that the raiders don't care and the raiders are just going to kill animals? Yeah, the anyway. raiders would just kill them. Like, that's that's the thing. That's what Whether they're happen. attacking or not. Yeah, because they're trying... Because, I mean, they would sow the fields. They would... Or not sow the fields. Sow the fields of salt. Yeah, sow the fields of salt and, like, try and destroy everything because they don't want to make this a livable place. They want to put, you know... Just, just as Jane tries to put the raiders in a bad place, they want to put the people that live there in a bad place as well. Mm-hmm. And who's to say they haven't... Because they've already set up camp, that they haven't already started doing some of this stuff, you know? Right. This did bring up kind of, like... An ethical dilemma for me. I've got, like, a huge long page of notes on it. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, like, in my head, I was, like, okay, so, but the thing is, with these animals, animals run from human, like, human beings. It's just the thing. It's mm-hmm. a thing that they don't recognize, or if they do, they recognize it as something bad. And so they wouldn't be there. But they're there because of Dane, and they want to fight because of Dane, but that is not in their nature. With Dane being there, they're going against their nature. So then she's giving them the tools to protect themselves, but she's also giving them the tools to go against their nature. And I was, like... True. But as Numerous pointed out, she can't control that. Yeah. So maybe we don't point fingers at Dane, but at whoever gave her this gift. Yeah. Well, and I'm not saying I'm not saying it's Dane's fault because right. I'm on I'm on the side of Dane of like no, don't let them fight because you know, keep them. them safe and protect them because it's not their fight. I I am on Dane's side on that, but it was just like I had a real like existential breakdown of like <laughs> what would be the correct thing to do in this moment. <laughs> I feel like sometimes we have to deal with the consequences, well, often we have to deal with the consequences of other people's actions, and so we have to find the most ethical way forward in a situation that sometimes is just battle around, right? Yeah. Like, I do need a place to live. This house was already built. It's more ethical for me to live in an already built house, but how fair is it that I've chased the garter snakes out of the backyard? (laughs) They freak me out a little bit. Sorry, guys. And you have a pug. I have a dog. We have, like, I mean, we have... No, I mean your poor pug. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't think he's scared of the snakes. I think they're fine. <laughs> he's pretty pugnacious. Oh, um, my gosh. <laughs> and so with animals, like, you want to do what's right. You want to do what's best for them. Like, And I definitely believe in preserving spaces for them. Um, I like the animal overpasses that let them cross mm-hmm. between parts of forests and stuff. The, those have drastically reduced um, roadkill deaths. Yeah. And they end up saving money for the county because they don't have to deal with all the cars and stuff that get messed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we have to live among humans for the most part. And so it's often finding the most ethical way forward. And it's hard. It's hard to live in our current, very material, mass-produced world. Yeah. Without it's... knowing that we're hurting, not hurting some animal or some person somewhere. Yeah. 
No, I, I agree. But it was just, it was an interesting, and for her at the age of, I mean, I'm double her age, and like mm-hmm. for, for her at the age of 13 to kind of have to have this internal battle of <clears throat> who do I protect, who do I save, who do I work with, should I give them tools to help themselves out, should I ask them to do this, no, mm-hmm. they're going to do it anyways, like this battle that she was having, and maybe I'm reading into it too much and whatnot like that, but that's why these books are my favorite. <laughs> like, that's the thing. But she does end up making the decision to help or to have her mm-hmm. friends help. And she shows them how to do it because she remembers a lesson that Burry taught them about. Yes. And before she jumps in with all of that, she Anwa does remind her, like, hey, I feel it when the horses die. Yeah. And we bring the horses into our mess, too, and we train them to be fighters. But these are horses we are literally taking to fight. Mm-hmm. But the horses become partners with their... Yeah, with the... Um, the humans. I totally forgot their names. The Queen's Riders. I was like, yes. what are they? So, Dane remembers the lesson about how an enemy who is, what, scared, hungry, and tired is an enemy who's half beat. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, ah, animals are good at this. Yeah. Send in the, not the rats, because the rats won't listen to her, but the animals that can behave like rats. Yeah, she sends in weasels and ferrets and squirrels, uh, squirrels and foxes and, and bears and, I mean... She sends in it all, and she's I love like, that. "There's this Quote, is how you need to do this." <laughs> if there is an edible scrap of food in the morning, Dane would be shocked. Yeah, it was a pretty good one. So she trains them on how to ruin the supplies, how to cut the tethers. She explains to their horses what's going on mm-hmm. and why those horses should run away and not help their humans. Yeah, which is interesting too, because we presume that. I mean, on one hand, we're like the raiders are bad guys. Clearly, they've been abusing their horses, but on the other hand, some of these people might have bonded pretty stellarly with animals there's some humans who are horrible to other humans who are great to animals yeah and there's some people that like they just i'm following my king i don't know why we're doing this but i'm Mm. following my king because that's what i was told to do right you know i'm a soldier they're they're mercenaries well these guys are but i'm just saying in a general Mm -hmm. sense like you know we get that there there's not always like a black and white or evil it's there's a gray but dane overcomes any connect those horses have with their riders and those horses are like dude yeah we're ready to run the minute Mm -hmm. that they uh chew through our leather yeah and i like this part because you really get to see again how organized dane's brain has gotten Mm -hmm. with how she controls and mans everybody um and she becomes her own little like captain of the animals and yes it's it's cute i don't know why i just thought it was real cute Um, and she lets them all go and she says i guess it's easier to get them to do what they want to do than to keep them from doing it yeah i'm like life lesson right there it's Mm -hmm. just so much easier to get people to do what you want them to do or what they want to do you just have to figure out a way to like channel that for your purpose exactly which is not always easy (laughs) um so then after that game dane comes back to herself and she realizes she's been that only took like an hour and a half to do and she's Mm -hmm. like okay go me go me and then she goes to find new mare well, she finds him slightly down the hall, and he looks kind of rough. <laughs> Poor Numer. Can't really drink anything. He's got a little teddy bear cuddled under his arm. Numer's still working on the dampeners. Mm-hmm. While he's like talk. A miserable and in bed, she mm-hmm. asks if you want any food. He says, no, I can't keep it down. So then they get water. Um, so she gives him like a little bit of water, and then they discuss the intelligence of dragons. Because mm-hmm. um, Numera goes, is she really intelligent? She's like, are you certain about that? Like you said, and she goes, yes, she he's she's studied, she knew books, like her mind was organized. And he goes, the stories are true. They're mages. Yes. 
And then they go and they start brainstorming about what else Dane could do to really kind of help. Because he, she told him about the animals. She was like, I had to release them mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. And she goes, well, what else can I do? <laughs> so Dane goes to the next closest thing they have. Let's see. Yes. So they're thinking about calling the whales and seeing mm-hmm. if the whales will come up and tip over the barges. Because they're close. They've seen them out there. Which is a really smart idea. Like, you've yeah, seen the power. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's videos online of whales crushing boats. And right. these aren't even necessarily boats. Or at least a couple of them are. They're just big flat barges. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that are float pretty, because of magic. Pretty easy to capsize if you can distract the magicians enough. Um, so she's like, oh, but my gift is all tapped out. And Numera's like, get to the ocean. If anyone can get you there, it's George. Dun, dun, dun. George Subiday. George is so sneaky. George is sneaky. Yeah, so she goes and she talks to George. They go down a rock chimney. Well, she goes down a rock chimney. Yeah, at night, middle of the night. <laughs> in the middle of the night. Brave soul. For somebody who is terrified of the ocean, I would be crying right now. Oh. Like, I don't want to do this. Let's not do this. I changed my mind. I'm coming back. <laughs> well, and I do love the point that it's safe for her to go out there and work because they are not going to look for wild magic because they've been trained to believe wild magic doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And that's fascinating. Um, kind of commentary on we don't look for what we don't know. Yeah. So. So um, she goes down the chimney and she wedges herself in between a rock. Also, again, brave soul. Because my first thought is, high tide, you're going to drown. Which doesn't happen. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. And she's calling to the whales. Yeah. She... And the dragon's <laughs> listening in. I love this. Every now and it's like, the dragon listened. It was like, ugh, that atrocious accent. <laughs> <laughs> Such a snob. Great. She's talking to them and the whales just go, no. And I imagine uh, this being like, I don't know, a mix between finding Dory or finding Nemo whale communication ooh, and then like something really... Boy. <laughs> but then like something really like elegant and like treants. I guess we're going to go with that. Sorry about all the Lord of the Rings references. But like genuinely, like treants, like how they kind of talk where it's just like really fearsome kind of growing but it also takes forever because mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean this does take her the rest of the night to do mm-hmm. so we see the dragon while she's listening and feels in debt kind of at least mm-hmm. this is what i got from this part of the book she or this part of the chapter she feels in debt to what dane has done because dane brought her baby back to life yes. she healed her and she's she in that moment makes the decision of what she's going to do well and dane's using images of the children to try to persuade the whales which yeah that would be rhetorically effective on me because i'm like babies right now <laughs> i'm pretty sure the rest of my life is going to be like this but she's showing them pictures of, of the calves because she's like don't you want to protect your little ones that's a pretty universal desire yeah and oh the whales make me so mad they're just like oh we're peacing out you've started violence how could you start this violence well, it's, I, uh, like, I kind of get it, though, just from, like, a whale, pers- not, like, a whale, but from, think of it like a cultural perspective. Like, that's their culture. Like, violence is not their culture. They're literally, if somebody, if one of their kind commits violence, they go kill themselves. Like, I it's not like even, like, the pod kills them. They kill themselves. It's one thing to avoid committing violence, but if there is, like, an accident, or if, if a violence comes to you, sometimes... You have to meet it with resistance. Yeah. There was an interesting episode of Star Wars we watched recently, the Clone Wars TV show. Is it from the new season? Because if it is, no, sh- it's not. We're rewatching what? before we watch the new season. So it's season one. Oh, okay. Um, and there's this little <laughs> village of lemurs, and they're super pacifist yeah. and nonviolent. And the Empire comes and is like, "It's cool. We're just going to test weapons on these guys because they won't mm-hmm. fight back." And the Jedi protect them, and eventually they pick up 
you know, their little sickles and their scythes, and they start fighting back. Yeah, but in that case, the violence is brought to them. The violence actually is never actually brought to the whales because the whales aren't being attacked yet. Right, but what's to say? Except by griffins. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> the griffins that Dane is like, it's cool. The griffins can live here. <laughs> they go after dolphins, not humpback whales. They're all mammals. And they could go after humpback whale calves. They're roughly the same size. True, but there's going to be a big humpback whale mama by that humpback whale calf. Griffins are faster. I, I believe this. I believe the griffin would win that fight. <laughs> what if they like smacked it with the tail though? Then it would be wet and then it would fly. To, like, like that would have it's to hit at the right moment. Yeah. Like the whale would have to see the griffin coming from above to prepare the right attack to hit it to get oh. the things to go on. Humpback whales mostly, the babies just hang out right under their mamas. Blink. Yeah. So. I'm not worried about the griffins. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I disagree with their philosophy here. Yeah. They're like, like, if we are attacked, we will not do anything to preserve ourselves. We will all just run away and leave the attacked one. And I don't know. I feel like this is one of the flaws of pacifism, where it leaves sometimes those who are too weak to withstand outside forces to be destroyed. Yeah. Well, and it's uh, it's selfish. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. I do think it's very selfish the way that they kind of approach it and stuff like that. But I can, from their argument, I can see kind of where they're coming from. But they also do, I think they, if I believe, remember correctly, they say they have a history with people. Well. And that's also part of the issue. They say there there have been accidents and someone can go insane and fight against people. But we have vowed... That the taking of a higher life is an abomination. So they are refusing specifically to fight against humans. Yeah. Well, humans, dolphins. Because, I mean, they eat krill and plankton Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Do they eat plankton? I don't know. I know they eat krill. Violence against higher life forms is disgusting. For a century, the people have vowed that taking of a higher life is an abomination. And so they're using the people there the way the animals use the people to refer to all the animals. Yeah, but the land animals necessarily refer to water animals when they refer to animals. Like, do they recognize them like, as yeah, the Like, yeah, what does beings? the people yeah. contain? Because for the whales, they might just see the people as just, like... Themselves. Themselves. Mm-hmm. Because these, I mean, oftentimes whales are creatures that have, will live for far longer time periods than a normal... I mean, they might include turtles, because turtles live as long as they do. But, you know, we don't really know what they're referring to when they say the people. Mm-hmm. So, that's that's interesting. Well, and I think it's, they also do say we're going away from the place that you have made a killing ground. And I don't like that they don't distinguish between those who have brought the violence and those who are resisting violence. Yeah. In their pacifism. They're just like, everyone's using violence. It's all wrong. And I, like, I get the sense that the whales think they should just, that Dane and company should just capitulate. Well, and that's the thing. Maybe if, like, if the whales were kind of brought to this, to a similar scenario, they would just be like, to avoid violence, they'd be like, here's our three, take them, you know? Mm -hmm. That's a curious way to think about that, how they would handle one of those situations. All that to say, the whales refuse. They are not going to fight. Dane is left really, really upset and frustrated. And then the wild magic grabs her again. Uh Uh-huh. And she goes out further into the ocean, further than she has ever been. Miles and miles. Mm -hmm. She dropped into ice water that was black as ink in her mind. In the west, past the island, he lay ship killer, man-eater old as time. The mages had missed him when they sealed the Divine Realm century ago. So we know that this is a magical being. Yes. Tentacles each a mile long. (laughs) The Kraken had never seen a little fish like her. 
Ah, it's so creepy. I know. Again, this would be this this book would be fantastic. Minus all of the animals, because those are terrible to deal with on set. Would be fantastic for film or for like a TV series or whatever. We could Come do on, an HBO. Awesome animated. Bring it. Awesome animated one. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. This would be just an awesome anime, like in general. Mm-hmm. This would be a really, really good one. Okay. Sorry. So she convinces the Kraken to help. She didn't convince. He's like, hey, there's ships to eat. Yeah, I can kill things. <laughs> I can kill things and people aren't going to be mad and throw magic at me. What? And she's like, yeah, we'll just get new Marin Alana to fix this yeah. when everything is done. Because I don't think he's going to go away. <laughs> so then she comes back to herself, which I can only Love. imagine felt weird. You'll never make it on time, she said, to cover her real thoughts. I could never get rid of him. <laughs> Deals with demons, she thought nervously. It's a deal with a demon. Well, maybe new Marin Alana will be a match. She wakes up wedged on all numb and... <laughs> And she goes to try and try to climb the little chimney thing and can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so then she's randomly picked up, not randomly, but she's picked, she ends up getting picked up by her dragon friend. Yay, dragon. And uh, we get to see how powerful the dragon is. I say that a lot because they literally throw magic at her and she's just like, what does she say? <sighs> yeah. She blows it away. And her exact word that she calls them is... Amateurs. Amateurs. The dragon said coldly. I love that. And then, Dane, excuse me, weren't you red yesterday? I was angry. We may change color to suit our wills or to reflect strong emotion. I feel like the dragon's just a little snobby. A little snobby. Dane agrees, though. Yes. Dane's like, uh, she says, I heard you speak to the whales. And Dane's like, what? Nobody hears me talk to animals. And she goes, that may be so among mortal creatures. We are mages of the air. And I love how she's like, oh, yes, we are so, so important and so special and strong. Also, can you maybe tell me how to get home? Yeah. Dane's like, you help us, we'll get you home. Don't worry. All this is done, you'll go home. Yeah. And I like that Dane's honest, though. Like, we don't know how. We're trying to learn, though. And if you stay with us, we'll find a way to send you home. So she's being realistic. So the dragon touches down, drops Dane off. And, oh, I love a little bit, before, like, while they're having this conversation, someone on the deck recognized Dane and called in order to keep them all from firing. But they are all ready to shoot at this dragon again. <laughs> yes. Because that was so effective last time. Mm-hmm. But they see Dane, so it's okay. They don't shoot. The dragon drops off Dane. And then in a much more elegant Dane. manner than she did last time. Yes, yes. <laughs> she's not, you know, raging and attacking and grabbing people. So that's helpful. Um, so any luck, George asks. And Dane tells them no. The whale said no. There might be someone coming. I'm not sure. She's kind of scared. And the queen's like, it's okay. You did your best. And I like that there's always rewards for doing your best, even if your best isn't what was needed in the moment, Mm -hmm. but just for trying. I mean, in Dane's defense, she also did basically just take out half of the ground forces or more. True. True. So (laughs) have they, have they seen the results from that yet? Not yet. We actually don't find out about that until later. Oh, still. But still, that's something that has been discussed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure Anwa told everybody, it was like, well, Dane went and did this, this, and this. So so they're talking on the battlements, and then guess who shows up again? I feel like it's your favorite. Santa Bitterclaws. Yeah. Oh, she's so gross. She reminds me of like a power, power, uh, power, power ranger, ranger villain. villain. Yeah. She's so Almost gross. Like a power puff villain. And I was like, that's not correct. And then the barges start firing on the cliff. Yeah, because they deny the surrender. They're like, 
we're not going to surrender, whatever. And the dragon comes back when the barges yes. start to fire. I can imagine this was like a whirlwind of emotions of just, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then, yay! And then other stuff happens. Ah, uh, yeah. So she's flaming from her forepaws. She's just like yeah. human mages, fireballs. Because mm-hmm. they are mages of the air. Not, yeah. She does not flame from her mouth. She does not fire vomit. That is not a thing. <laughs> no, she just controls fire. Because she's a mage. Because she's a mage. And she's grabbing the the rocks they're using to throw, and she's just dropping them on the barges. Oh, she's awesome. And then we, oh, this moment is so, to me, I imagine it being so desperate because she's sitting there and she, Dane's talking to Numer and she goes, she's not big enough. Mm-hmm. And Numer says, maybe she's big enough to stop them. And it's justice, my magelet. There's only one, there's the only, they're the only one, whoa, sorry, they're the ones who brought her here in the first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other team can't do anything or anything like that. And Dane's getting more and more desperate because she's afraid as the Stormwings attack and everything that the dragon's going to get overwhelmed because Dane knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And she tries to call her back. Well, and the Stormwings are attacking, the archers are trying to cover the dragon, and then Numer says, call her back, Dane, call her back. Yeah. And Dane's like, what's going on? He's like, call her now. Yeah, well, she was trying to call her back before that. Right, right. Before anything, because she sits there and she starts literally, like, destroying the barges, dropping balls, and then mm-hmm. the magic from the mages isn't working out and everything like that. And then that's when Numer starts freaking out, and then she is calling with, Dane is calling with all of her strength trying to get this dragon back, and... They're loading the swings with liquid fire. Yes. This is napalm. This is Greek fire. This is terrifying stuff. Yeah. And the dragon knows. Like, Dane is sitting there screaming inside of her head, trying to get Mm -hmm. the dragon comes back. And the dragon knows. She's like, no, I made my decision. I know what's going to happen. This is your job. And we get an image of a cave. Mm-hmm. And that's all like this image with gets light placed, coming out. Yeah, of its mouth. with light coming out of its mouth, and this image gets placed inside Dane's brain, and then Dane just kind of goes, "She's not gonna come. She won't come." Mm-hmm. And then she, they fire. Yeah, she's covered in this liquid fire, but she makes sure that she drops on top of a barge and sinks it on her way down. Mm-hmm. So she's like ultimate battle mage dragon here. So she sacrifices, but she takes quite a few of the raiders out with her. Yeah. Oh, this part made me so sad. I know. It was it was hard. And then, like, so I, the way I work is I read my chapters and then I go through and take my notes for it. Mm-hmm. And so I basically end up reading the chapters twice, which sometimes works out, sometimes doesn't. It was hard to read both times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just imagining it in my head. But again, this is one of those beautiful moments where it plays out. And I mean, we've already kind of seen, if you were a Game of Thrones fan, we already kind of saw something like that in one of the episodes. But to me, this was even more tragic. Mm-hmm. than what was happening on that one she just had a baby yeah she just had a baby and i mean like later on we find out exactly how young she is and it's mm-hmm. just it it's hard like especially the more you know everything it just gets harder and harder and then we get the appearance of our new favorite friend and one of a great quote that said what dice did the graveyard graveyard hag roll oh yeah because they're like get off the deck they're they're gonna fire again with that liquid fire stuff and then suddenly mm-hmm. they have freezes someone on the wall below screamed so someone on their side screams as a huge black tentacle darted out of the water to grip the catapult that had just fired Clutching it as a baby might hold a rattle, the tentacle yanked the catapult and the barge it was fastened to onto its side. Another tentacle shot up out of the water beside Edisee's, Edisee's flagship, up and up and up and soared until it reached the crow's nest delicately. With precision, it gripped the nest, 
and the man inside and snapped it off the mast. <laughs> so well, presumably these ships are pretty far away from each other. This is my nightmare, yeah. And these tentacles are coming up and these are tens of twenties of feet high. They're huge tentacles. And I love Numer, friend of yours. And <laughs> Dane exactly. Like, I guess he moves faster than I thought. I just love that George comes back and he goes, How big did you say it was? And Dane's response was I didn't. <laughs> and the tentacles, he's just playing with his food. Yes. Like, he's not even like, cha-cha-cha, kill. He's like, break it here, flip it there, cause some panic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's, this was yeah. the most, like, Jurassic Park or, like, Jaws-esque moment I think I could have imagined between, like, the dialogue and what's happening on the thing. And, oh, it's, it's, uh, I wonder if they'd sold this line from... This reminds me of Jurassic World where they first see the Indominus Rex and he mm-hmm. goes, how big is it or something? Or, yeah, he didn't say how big it, or how big did you say it was? And he's like, I didn't. Yeah, I wonder if they stole the line from this book. I wonder who the screen yeah. writer is. I'm gonna have to go look into that. So I actually went and looked up Krakens because I was really interested by this. Mm-hmm. And turns out Kraken is a Nordic word and they show up in Nordic mythology. Okay. So, you know, with Thor and Odin and all of that. And the, the it's kind of mixed on what people think they're based on. So some people think the tentacles and the suckers come from the scars that were on sperm whales. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like the deepest diving whale. Um, and they eat giant squid. Yeah. And they would have scars from the beaks. And the beaks would be found in their stomachs because they take longer to decompose. Side note, cephalopods have beaks. So if you ever find a cephalopod, don't play with them and let them crawl on your face. There's a video online about why that's a bad idea. So they would find the beaks and they would find the tentacle, like the scars from the tentacles and then a few would float up and wash up or parts of them would but they live so deep in the water that when giant squid die and wash up they shrink and then they also think some of the traits that were attributed to the krakens come from undersea volcanic activity so there would be bubbles of water sudden dangerous currents and new islands and a lot of times krakens are described as looking like an island rising out of the sea so you can see like a little lava mound rising up that might topple as it cools Oh, um, I can totally see that. Or as it condenses, it shrinks back down. Yeah. So I thought it was so neat. And then I was like, okay, well then, isn't that the biggest squid ever? But there's a bigger squid. There's a giant squid, which gets 33 to 43 feet. And then there's a colossal squid that they think gets up to 46 feet. Oh not gosh. counting those extra long tentacles. Oh. That's just where the regular tentacles end. Yeah, okay. I've seen a giant squid... A desiccated one in a museum one time and it was super dried up but it was still really long and creepy looking i just think they're so cool but yeah they like but thalassophobia <laughs> <laughs> all she's doing right now is fueling my nightmares i hope y'all are enjoying this right now <laughs> but they like they live way deep and they fight with whales and i see how mythic creatures got built up around the giant squid so fun fact of the day giant squid are based are the the giant squid and the you know, Icelandic undersea volcanoes are the basis of the Kraken myth. Okay. So. That's nice to know. Yeah. So Um, Kraken is playing with his food and pretty quickly clears out the fleet. 
And the, this is the best part, the dampeners start breaking up. So Numer isn't dying anymore. I mean, he wasn't dying to begin with, but now he's like, oh, I don't have to keep the dampeners off. Mm -hmm. But he's also completely useless because he used up all his magic. So there's that. (laughs) Yep. We love Numer. I say useless in the most kind and caring way possible. (laughs) And then we hear the horn call because the lioness is coming back. So the land, they're coming back. They're going to flank the raiders on the land. The kraken is taking care of the raiders in the sea. And <laughs> who comes and shows their ugly face again with pus in their eyes? It's Xana Bitterclaws. <laughs> I suppose you think very well of yourself, girly. I suppose you think you did something wonderful calling up that greedy guts. What? I love that she knows the Kraken well enough. <laughs> she remembers him because she was like alive when they got locked away because mm-hmm. they're immortal. Tame shakes with fury. She couldn't get a good shot off. Because she is so exhausted. Yeah. she's like, I can't pull my, like, I can't even lift my bow up right now, let alone pull mm-hmm. it back to hit her. And then who comes up and helps her out but lovely Cloud. Yes, Cloud who came up with the arrows earlier mm-hmm. and was like, you're going to need this. Yeah. And Cloud leads on Dane. Dane and- gets a burst of energy and she shoots ben- Xana Benderclaws straight through the neck. Mm-hmm. And she goes crashing down onto the rocks below. There's... Her own wing feathers cutting her to pieces. Yes. Well, and I, I like Xana Bitterclaws, again, is playing on Dane's fear that Dane's getting other people killed. Mm-hmm. And Dane is like, you know what? I'm not going to deal with that now. I'm just going to kill you before you hurt anyone else. And then she checks with Cloud. And she's like, Cloud, is she right? And Cloud is like, no, she's wrong. Yeah. And so that's a healthy, like, when someone's saying lies, check with your friends and trusted people because they can tell the truth. Like, no, that's not... Not at all right. Um, And then, yeah, did I know you could do that? Because, of course not. We people don't have to give you all our secrets. Ah, horse sense. Mm -hmm. Accurate. (laughs) Dane passes out again. Next to Numer, who's passed out. Yeah, totally fair. fair for them all to pass out. And that is the end of chapter 10. Oh, I love this, though. I did like this quote. Your friends all make their own choices to live or die for you. I've yet to see you force death on a friend. And so I like, again, highlighting that the animals make their own choices. They may be changed by Dane, but they make the choice to fight because the whales chose to not fight. Yeah. Dane was going to go press her will on them, but she was feeling wrong about that. And she was like, I don't know. I just don't know what to do. Um, But Dane didn't force the whales to come fight and to potentially die. Yeah. Thankfully, another option showed up. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. That was chapter 10. That was the big battle that everything's been leading up yes. to. We finally made it through. We made it to the epicness. We made it to the... I don't even know where to go from that. That's It was just cool the way everything happened and ended up playing off and stuff like that. Lots of knots and ends tying up, which mm-hmm. is nice. We ended... Xana Bitterclaws is over. The battle is over. We did see the death of the dragon, which is really, really sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a sense of Dane's power. We get people supporting Dane and she's kind of come from having no one to having a lot of people. Yeah. So a lot of ends are tying up here and then we're going to make them into nice bows in the epilogue. There we go. Yeah. So with that, we will see you next week for the epilogue. But before in, that, before that. Never mind. So, book yeah. recommendations. I always forget about this because I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so book recommendation for the week is Island of the Ants by Eva Ibbotson. It's such a fun book. You would, you would really enjoy this one. It's a group of children who are taken to a magical island to care for the creatures who live on this island, including there's a kraken. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you anything else other than there is a kraken. 
who's a good guy. So guys, when we finish the Tortalian series, we're going to take a break. Probably before that, we're going to do like a little book break. And I'm going to make her go back through all these episodes and find her book recommendations. And we're going to read one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, so far, I've just been assigning books I own. Or assigning. I've been recommending <laughs> books I own. I have to go buy them. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Island of the Ants, super cute book. Eva Ibbotson's got such a fun, quirky way of dealing with magic. I really like her books. That's awesome. I'll probably have more of her book recs coming up because she's got some pretty awesome ghosts. She's got some fascinating creatures. Yeah, she's British too, so you know how I like my British writers. That you do. That's okay, they're cool. They are cool. They are cool. Tammy's my favorite of the non-British for sure. All right, so that was the end of episode 10. Not episode 10, it's chapter 10. Sorry, chapter 10. I'll figure out what episode we're on eventually. <laughs> and um, as always, we'd like to remind you guys that if you have any recommendations for us to fix or that you'd like changes to see, please feel free to email us, contact us over social media at Mages of the Air on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And Gmail. And Gmail. And then if you just absolutely love our show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes and we would love to read them on the air for you. Yes, uh, those five-star reviews really help us reach out, uh, meet new fans, and find more listeners to kind of join our little community. So, I'm Katie. I'm Tracy. This has been Mages of the Air. Until next time, as Alana says, seize the bright moments. Seize the bright moments.